0: Hello everybody. This is Bites and Bits um, podcast. It's a little podcast that I like to do just about anything and everything that comes to my mind in regards to teaching, in regards to coding, in regards to coffee shops, in regards to donuts, (laughs) in regards to whatever it is that I want. Um, So feel free to text me at 740-300-1684 if you have any questions on anything that I'm talking about. Oh, and you also hear a lot about AWS. So stay tuned. Thank you. Hey, guys. So I want to talk a little bit about education. Um, There's two things I actually want to talk about when it comes to education. One is what education is not. And two is what education is. So let's start with what education is not. And I just recently wrote a blog article on this. Um... A couple of weeks ago, I believe, it's something that's been on my mind for a while, um, just working as an educator and reading the books that I read and just having some insights on how the education um, sector, whether it's primary, like, you know, K through 12, or whether it's secondary or, you know um, you know, college, undergrad, grad, all of that stuff, how that kind of came to be to where it's at now and um and what it like again what it is and what it isn't so what is it education not education is not a memorization game okay so what that means is there have been so many times you know with testing and um standardized testing and just the format and the expectations that um we have as educators and as students have, as being students, that it's treated more and more like a memorization game. It's like, do you remember this particular date? Yes or no? And then do you answer the question correctly on the exam? Yes or no? And those are, you know, those kinds of things. We are expected to memorize facts and figures, And things of that nature as opposed to learning it Um, because those are two completely different things and to give you a little bit of a background on myself and where I'm coming from this aside from my role now and from the books that I'm read I was you know growing up the quote-unquote a good test taker test didn't bother me I didn't get the test anxiety that you know I hear a lot of people talk about and I still you know don't quite understand it all but I understand at least I understand now that it's something that I don't understand I'm aware of my lack of understanding on that because I just didn't experience that firsthand and I still don't but you know going back to whenever I was in elementary junior high high school college was different Um, but I was always did the, I always did well in school and you may or may not have had something similar where, you know, you have the the smart one in the class or in the school, the one that was just expected to get the A's, get the awards, do the spelling B's and things of that nature. That was me. And this is not a bragging point at all, um, because as, as well as I did, I really didn't work for it which is what always baffled me Um, what I did was a lot of just memorizing it Um, I know I think my mom said that um, whenever I was little that I had a photographic memory maybe I did maybe I didn't I don't know Um, my process was very little studying cramming beforehand memorizing it well enough whether it be memorization tricks um to kind of know what something is um or just you know repeat it often enough that i memorize it and not learn it but memorize it and after the test is over i kind of forget about it it's like don't need this again and that was pretty much you know first grade through senior in high school and It baffled me about how some, why so many other of my, um, the students in my class that they had such trouble doing that. And I still, you know, I just didn't understand it. But as I went to college and things got a little bit harder because I actually had to put a little bit more effort into it. Um, what I found was that the things that did not come easy at first I quit it. I was like, this shit's too hard. I ain't doing it. I can't memorize this stuff. I don't know what this is. I don't know how to learn. Not for me. But once I get over that initial fear of and the uncertainty and that and that that feeling that I was not comfortable with, which was not knowing how to do something because I couldn't memorize it. Once I get over that, I realize that the fact is like, oh, I really like this. You know, talking about computer science or IT, I really like this. It's like, this is hard, which means I actually have to work for it. And this means I actually have to, I can feel that sense of accomplishment. Because, you know, even, through, like I said, through grade school, high school, whatnot, all those little awards I got, I'm like, eh, I didn't really work for it. I just seemed to do, get lucky, so to speak. I'm like, eh, whatever. But whenever I got to college and beyond is like the things that I actually had to work hard for and had to study and I failed a lot. I'm like, and then when I had the successes, it meant so much more. And during this time of, you know, failing and learning and failing and learning and, you know, on repeat and it's still on repeat. Hopefully it's never going to not be on repeat because I need those failures to have the successes. And like I said, with my role now as an educator and, um, you know, some of the books that I've read, um, one in particular is, um, rewired education, rewired or rewiring education. I can't recall, um, by John Conch. I'll have to double check on it and I'll put it in the show notes. Um, and he was the first, he's one of the first employees with Apple. I think he was one of the first vice presidents of education with Apple, there was something with apple um again i'll put that in the show notes but and what he was um explaining in this book and i don't think i knew this beforehand there was a gentleman i wanted to think his name was horse man i have to look it up again um but it was around the industrial revolution age and things were be- the, the industrial revolution things were becoming more factory and automated and they were needing workers to not necessarily think you know think and problem solve but just be able to um, recite facts and figures and be cogs in machine, so to speak to be able to do what you're supposed to do and not really think and not really question it so for the time that they were in i can see the benefit of understanding just being able to do the automation and not having the problem-solving skills, so to speak, um, as needed for the Industrial the industrial Revolution Age. And things were taught more as a memorization game, standardization, things of that nature. Well, what has happened is even though our, we are no longer in the Industrial Revolution Age, that you know we are more in a digital age where computer science and i.t there requires a lot more problem solving and thinking and failing to successes um than what might have been in the past that wasn't around in the past obviously so you know around the industrial revolution industrial revolution and i am not done a whole lot of research on it But just from what I have seen, and just from my own experience, this is what I'm basing this off of. You know, the digital revolution, whether it be cloud computing, whether it be programming, whether it be um, cybersecurity, whether it be network systems, whatever it is, it requires a lot of thinking on your feet. It requires a lot more problem solving. It requires understanding, like, this is not going to work. We need to think of something else. Um, Right now, we're in the situation where we're teaching classes virtually because of the um, coronavirus pandemic and virtual classrooms and the shelter in place and all this stuff going on right now. And I joke because I'm on plan F, as in Frank, future, fabulous, and another F word. Um, Because plan A, B, C, D, E, none of that worked. a variety of different reasons i was trying something to make it as good of experience as i could for my students to try to make something to work and i'm on f i'll get to f before i finally found something okay this is going to work and you need that you need that understanding you need the capability of problem solving and not getting stuck because plan a is not working you need the ability to go to make those decisions and to evaluate, reevaluate, to fail, to falter, to cuss a little bit, and then move on, okay, take what was good, let's see how we can kind of do what we need to do to get go down the letters of the alphabet B C D E to make what we need to work. And that requires a little a lot more problem solving and less memorization the memorization if we were relied solely on memorization we would be looking at a and you know you know problem solving aspect a and if that doesn't work well we wouldn't have the ability to problem solve and try to look at it and evaluate it again we'd be just like it's supposed to do this and if it doesn't work then we can't do anything you're you're standing still because You're not able to do the problem-solving because you focus so much on memorization of what's supposed to happen. And if it doesn't work, you don't have the problem-solving skills of moving on to the next letter in the alphabet to try to solve the problem. So, education is not memorization. Um, And this is how I teach my classes for better or worse, I've had some argue with me on it, but it's my classes. <laughs> um, I believe I, I'm. As I said earlier, I was always a good test taker, and I know how. I know how I was when I was taking tests, whether it be just memorization, or if it was considered open book or open online or whatever you want to call it. You know, I I know what I did. You know, in all full disclosure, I copied and pasted that question and see what Google showed me. And there's my there's my answer because a lot of these are just standard tests that are available with the um with the textbooks and the whatnots that are available for educators in the classrooms. And I don't want students to go, you know, copy and paste it and then you know, select the answer, and voila but they didn't learn, they knew how to copy and paste. Great. (laughs) Sometimes that is the process that you need, but they're not learning, they're not learning of the content of the question they're copying and pasting. So what I do whenever I do off do tests, I don't do a lot of tests, it's more projects based than test based, but whenever I do do tests, they have unlimited attempts on their tests. And the reason for that is because if they get a question wrong, instead of having that fear of failure and the anxiety that the test anxiety that some people get, um, I don't want them to focus on that if they miss something, you know, and have that, that impact them. I want them to see if they miss something. And I want them to do the research on what it is that they missed why they missed it and correct and have the opportunity to correct the correct the answer now for students who if they missed it and they have no desire to try to troubleshoot or try to find the correct solution and they're happy with whatever their grade is then they get that grade it could you know if they're happy with a C they get the C um, But it's the students who see that they missed something and take the effort to try to find that, that real solution, the correct solution to that problem that are going to gain more. And I think there's value in them having that opportunity as opposed to just that fear of failure and the anxiety that comes with it and what it's going to mean to their grade and their GPA. That is all circumstantial. And I think that's maybe the correct word I'm trying to think of. That is all cosmetic circumstantial. The value that they have, they uh, they are getting, is from the problem solving and the research, and the failure, and then trying again to succeed. That is the value of education. That is how education should work, in my personal opinion. Um, so education should not be memorization. It should be, um, it should be problem solving. It should be. Um, promoting failure because with those failures it comes successes in learning okay so as i said in the beginning this we're going to be talking about what education is not and what it is what education is not is memorization so now what education is what education is is empowering education is confidence boosting education opens doors and for going into another background story on mine, um, I was 19 when I had my son, and it was around 24 when I was going through my second divorce. And I was in a situation where I was needing some more money. Um, I was, had a four-year-old at the time, four or five, and my and I did not have a child support order against my first husband, my son's father. Um, he was not paying anything and I called a child support enforcement agency. It's like, Hey, any child support, you know, what do I need to do? And they said, you didn't have an order done whenever we got divorced. So you need to take him back to court. Well, going to court costs money. And the whole reason I'm trying to get child support, cause I was needing some money. Uh, this is prior to me going back to school and getting my college degrees. This is me just trying to figure things out after I was going through my second divorce. Um, so they said like I said I they need I needed to go to the court and take them back to court for child support. Well, um and I told them I didn't have money for an attorney and all that stuff. And they told me to call legal services. It's like, okay, I called legal services, I got a message, I left a message, um answering machine, and I never got a call back. Um and I remember being in this of having that feeling of frustration of, you know, of hopelessness because I need something, you know, more money because I was trying to raise my son and all these little barriers are coming up. Um, child support said I had to take him back to court, couldn't get any help from legal aid and I couldn't afford an attorney. And it was that feeling of helplessness that of just like so overwhelming and so defeating. Now. I was in a situation where I had my family and the guy I was dating, who is now my, my husband, my third husband, um, and I had an awesome boss for the place that I worked at. And I was eventually able to go back to school and um, get my associates and my bachelors and my masters. Okay. But I still remember that feeling of helplessness and it used to be whenever I was growing up, I kinda thought about I wanted to become a lawyer. Um, Some will tell you it's because I would like to argue, but um, I think a lot of it had to do with the problem solving skills and trying to find solutions. And back then, when I was growing up in the 80s and 90s and wasn't really allowed around computers because of my dad, but that's another story, I didn't realize that problem solving and all that could re- come into computer science. Based off the TV shows and the movies I saw, um, I just thought being an attorney, a lawyer, it was what I wanted to do. And plus, like I said, some would tell you that I like to argue a little bit. But anyways, so, and I remember back going in that situation where I was helpless as a single mother. Um, I said, like, I'm going to become an attorney. I want to go back to school and become an attorney. I'm going to go to family law and I want to work on things pro bono and I'm going to help people who, you know, are in situations that I am in, you know, um, you know, single mothers who are trying to, you know, get some money to help raise her child that was kind of very poignant on it I was like this is what I'm going to do well what's happened over the years again I went back to school associates bachelor's and master's and my career path just took a couple different turns that I was not expecting and one of them was being um, an instructor and I realized how much I love education um and how much how much power it can give me. And what I'm and what I realize that if I decide to devote my efforts into going to an attorney to help people who are in the situation like I was, I am helping them after the fact. I am helping them after they are feeling defeated. I am helping them after They feel like they, you know, they're struggling. And even if I'm able to help them, you know, get a child support court order, you can't get blood from a turnip. My mom used to work for the child support enforcement agency. And I know I've heard the stories in regards to how hard it is to get some payers to pay. And I've also heard the stories about how the payees abuse the system. There's evil on both sides, payees and payers, okay? And there's good on both sides, payees and payers. But if I was going to try to help someone, a single parent, to get collect money, child support money, there's no guarantee that my efforts to help them, even if it was successful in obtaining a court order, court order would actually get the payer to pay the money to the other parent. There's no guarantee you can't get blood from a turnip. You just you can't, okay? But if I'm able to educate them, if I'm able to help them educate themselves, if I'm able to help them increase their self-confidence by learning new techniques and skill sets, that's going to help them get a job and therefore help you know, better support themselves that is has more value. And because it's helping them prior to that point of despair, or maybe they are in that point of dis- despair. But this by helping them educate, be- become more educated, whether it's providing them resource for them to work on their own, or if it's something more in a formal transaction, if I'm able to help them educate, become more educated and learn skill sets, then that is going to provide a better and longer term value than what than me trying to get a court order for child support, you know, on something like that. It's going to help with their confidence. It's going to help with their self, self-sufficiency self on income. It's going to help them be a better role model for their child. So while I still like to argue, as my husband will tell you, um, That's why my path, my passion has kind of gone from law school to how can I help as an educator? How can I direct resources? How can I um, be holistic on my approach as an educator? (coughs) Excuse me. There's the hard skills. There's the tech skills that we can teach. And there's a variety of resources that you can learn from online as well. Um, I tell my students, there's no magic wand, there's no fairy dust that I can give you or bippity boppity boo, that it's going to help you, you have to put in the work. And, but my hope in my, you know, my prayer is that the fact that they putting in the work and having those failures to successes is going to build their confidence level, because that is what education is. So I think that's where I'm going to leave it off on this particular episode is, you know, what education is not is memorization. What education is, is confidence. So hopefully this might give you some insights on how you can either be a better educator to, even if that's not your professional role, help somebody else understand something. You have a skill set to teach. Everybody does. Um and understand that just because you don't memorize facts and figures doesn't mean that you're not learning. That the fact that is you know memorizing facts and figures is not an education. It's the understanding and the, the concepts and those failures. That is education. So if you have any questions on anything, feel free to reach out. My cell phone number you can text me at is seven four zero three zero 3001684 thank you so thank you for listening to this podcast hopefully you had some good great takeaways or just felt a little bit inspired um by my love of whatever you just heard about because this is about basically what everything that I'm like passionate about which is usually learning coffee AWS or something along those lines if you have any questions on anything regarding AWS websites apps coding whatever um feel free to text me 7403001684 see ya